Welcome to Sports Bites. Welcome to Sports Bites. With your host, Chris Joseph. Chris Joseph. Are you a sports fanatic who loves the thrill of the game and the delicious food that accompanies it? And then they had uh, chicken fingers, exotic chicken fingers. Join us as we dive into the world of sports and the delectable bites that make the experience even better. Whether you're in the stadium, tailgating, or watching from the comfort of your home. Get ready to satisfy your sports cravings with Chris Joseph on Sports Bites. On Sports Bites. Let's dig in. Yes. Let's dig in, everybody. Welcome back. It is episode 47 of the Sports Bites podcast, and I appreciate you taking the time to listen on your preferred podcast platform. Or if you're checking it out on YouTube, I appreciate you as well. Be sure you subscribe, like, comment, interact with us. I want to get more people involved. Let's help this community grow here. As you can see down below here, all the socials. If you're watching on YouTube, if not, you can follow me on Twitter or X if you want to. At SportsBytesPod1 on TikTok. And I do need to be better at putting more content out there. Follow at SportsBytesPod. YouTube, you can subscribe at Sports Bites Podcast and on Instagram as well, Sports Bites Podcast. But I hope you guys are having a good day. It is the end of the football season. We are coming up Super Bowl Sunday this weekend. I'm going to dive in and kind of give my thoughts on the matchup of the 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I, I think it's going to be a good game. I know, you know, the last time they played, San Francisco was up 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. And then really, Former OU running back Damian Williams had a big fourth quarter, scoring two touchdowns, including a five-yard touchdown pass from Jimmy Garoppolo, of all people. And I think he had a, it was like a 40-yard, 38-40-yard run for a touchdown as well. But uh, I still remember Damian's 96-yard touchdown against Texas when Kenny Stills came over and absolutely blasted somebody on a block. But it was a good game. But 21 unanswered points in the fourth quarter, so, you know, there's some bad taste in the mouth of guys like George Kittle and that, that have been there and, and were part of that, Debo Samuel, those guys. So, I mean, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting. Here's the thing that I, that I want to get into first. The, the world lost somebody really great. Um, I can say this because I was fortunate enough to actually get to spend some time with Toby Keith. And we all know Toby Keith unfortunately lost his battle with cancer. Um, sad. Cancer sucks. Um, I'm very fortunate. My my sister, someone I'm very, very close with, is a cancer survivor. She was diagnosed when she was two years old. Um, so I'm still very thankful that my sister is here. And I know there's so many people that don't make it through cancer. And Toby Keith was a, was a great father. He was a great human. Uh, he was a great musician. And I, I can remember in one of my favorite songs. We'll play this in the background. But he was a huge OU fan. And I would always see him at games when I was covering the basketball team. I'd see him in the tunnel. You know, a couple interactions I had with Toby and things that just really stood out about what kind of guy he was. 
uh, in the tunnel, and, and I give my stepmother credit about this. I, I was talking to my dad yesterday, and I heard her say they need to name the tunnel at Lloyd Noble Center the Toby Keith Tunnel because that's where he always saw him. He was in the tunnel, then he came and sat next to Joe Castiglione, on the athletic director at the University of Oklahoma. But there was a game. I can't remember who we were playing. And I was down in the tunnel getting ready to go to press row, and here come the referees. And I feel somebody, like, nudge me on the shoulder, and I turn around, and there's this massive human being, because Toby was a big guy. And he just kind of looks down and goes, I hate that fucking guy. And I'm like, uh, all right, Toby. He, he didn't like one of the referees. You know, didn't like him at all. It was fine. Then his son, stealing, played for Norman North, and... Toby was a huge supporter of his son. He was a huge supporter of Norman North at that time. So much so, I remember in 2012, the Norman North Timberwolves made it to the state championship game. I was the play-by-play voice for Norman North at that time. And Norman is still water. It's about an hour and a half drive. But Toby let the parents of the Norman North Timberwolves use four of his tour buses, not like just buses, like four of the luxury tour buses to carpool up to the game. Didn't turn out as we wanted. We lost to a juggernaut in Jinx, but the fact that he did that. And then you think about, you know, the next year after that. So 2013, uh, the May 9th tornadoes that tore through more that a lot of people saw on worldwide TV, you know, the F5 that came through. I remember being on the air that day. I remember being with um, Teddy Lehman and Dusty Dvorak as they were doing their show and the tornado started to form and everything was going on. Um, Just a crazy day. Unfortunate people lost their lives. But if you think about it, shortly after that, that was May 9th, July 6th, Toby Keith put on that huge benefit concert to benefit the tornado relief. And Garth Brooks came back, Trisha Yearwood, Willie Nelson. And it was, let me tell you, July in Oklahoma, it's hot, okay? Not humid like here in the South, but it was hot. But it was sold out. Owen Field was sold out. And everyone was there all day. I was happy I got to be a part of it. But Toby loved Oklahoma. I mean, recently, last year, after the girls won their back-to-back-to-back, their third national championship in a row in softball, all the girls came to Toby's I Love This Bar and Grill downtown, and they all got on stage, and Toby was singing, How Do You Like Me Now? And, you know, he loved the program. A tip of the hat to him, Toby, man. I know you're up there with uh, with Wayman Tisdale right now, another great musician, former Sooner great in basketball. And uh, to his family, you know, our thoughts and prayers go out to you. But the world lost a good one, man. Toby Keith, you know, true, genuine person. He, he loved this country. He loved his team. And uh, it's sad when when the greats go. And, and like I said, man, cancer sucks. It absolutely sucks. Uh, a little bit before I get into the... Excuse me. The breakdown of the Super Bowl. I, I got to talk about this. So you heard me talk at the beginning of the year about taking my son to Huntsville, Alabama. I live in Birmingham to watch a WWE live premium live, not a premium live event, like a house show and getting to see Cody Rhodes. We got a picture with Cody, got a fist bump from Raymond Stair. I'm, I'm a, I'm still, I'm still a kid. You can laugh all you want. 
I loved wrestling, and the story has gotten back to really bring me in. I got into it when Cody Rhodes came back. You know, I'd kind of been away for a while, but Cody Rhodes coming back, the bloodline, all that. You know, for those of you who follow the WWE, um, you know that Friday night, last Friday night, SmackDown was in Birmingham. And it was a great show, having a ball. You know, I mean, you saw Bailey and EO Sky, all that. It, it was great. My wife, my youngest, River, and of course, we were trying to have a better experience than last time because if you remember the first time when we went in August to the show, and this is right after we went to Disney. So things were going good. School had just started. We're going up to Huntsville to watch this live event. You know, we knew Seth Rollins was going to be there. Rhea, you know, it's going to be a big house show. And on the way in, we saw a man get hit by a car. Um, it was pretty devastating. Um, he lived, but pretty traumatic for my eight-year-old at the time. And so we were trying to make sure he had a better experience. And so we go downtown Birmingham, uh, go to a cantina for some Mexican food. And it, great Mexican food. I love Mexican food. I think that was like the fourth day in a row we had some type of, I love it. I love Mexican food. I had some, uh, they had fried chicken tacos. Muy bueno. Very, very good. And I had a, a mojito. I love mojitos. Just, you know, the, the lime, the mint. Love them. Love them. But we get there. It's at the BJCC, which I will say this. I love walking past the SEC offices in downtown Birmingham on the way to the BJCC, the Legacy Arena, and seeing the Oklahoma stuff hanging up in the SEC offices. There's a banner. There's like a little wall plaque and everything. It, it was great to see. Loved it. But we get to the event. It's it, it's packed. You know, seeing the full pyro, which, you know, we didn't see at the house show. You didn't see the full pyro and everything like that. And so we get through Bailey. We, we get through all. Finally, Roman Reigns, the, the entrance for Roman Reigns, it, it's something to behold. It takes forever because the song is kind of a slow build and he slowly walks out. But it's like, there's the guy. That's the guy, the longest, you know, and he's probably going to have the belt longer than Hulk Hogan. You know, it, it's history. So then you hear Cody Rhodes' theme come on. And, you know, and, and I don't know who's more excited, me or my son, you know, even my wife, everybody's in there doing the Cody Rhodes, whoa, for those that know the song. You love it. Everything's going in, and this is where we're going to hear if Cody is going to take on Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. But then the unexpected happened. I had an idea it might happen. Because I told him, I said, maybe, just maybe this guy will show up. But then all of a sudden we heard it. Hit this smell. What the rock is cooking. The rock's music hit. And the place absolutely lost their ever-loving mind. I have never heard, I don't know, I think the attendance was 11, 12,000. I have never heard 12,000 people that loud. Unreal. I don't know who was yelling louder, my wife or my son. But I remember when the music hit, I look at my wife and both of us were wide-eyed and just like, oh my God, it's The Rock. And he comes, that is a large human being, okay? That is a big man. Because Roman Reigns is a big guy. When he was standing in the ring with him, he towered. The trap, oh, trap man. But it was awesome to hear that music hit. And it's the first time I'd ever seen him live in person. And it was amazing. 
just the electricity in the crowd. And you know you're an icon when you're in the ring and you don't have to say a word. And you walk away and the crowd's just, you know, Rocky, right? Yeah. Just to be there for it. It was great. We had a great experience. It was awesome. Little did we know that it was going to be so historic. You know, they had the press conference for WrestleMania 40. Rock slaps Cody. You know, I was expecting him to say. So shut up, bitch. <laughs> what he said to Triple H back in the day. But it's going to be. But that was a lot of fun. You know, it was core memory moments for me, my son, my wife. You know, it's something we're always going to remember. Something we're always going to talk. I mean, it made worldwide news. And we were there. And just when that music hit, I'm just going to tell you how amazing that was, okay? Loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Now let's get to the business at hand. Uh, I appreciate you giving me about 10, 15 minutes to kind of go off on that little tangent. Well, I wouldn't say tangent, but to talk a little bit about Toby Keith. You know, a guy that I got to know, um, a guy that I had a lot of interactions with. I, I posted a picture of that, um, one of the last broadcasts I did before I left the station was at Toby Keith's bar and got a picture with Toby and just, you know, he was a good dude. Red Solo Cups, man, lift them up, everybody. Lift them up. Go over real quick. NFL had their NFL awards show, and they announced their award winners for the year. Rookie Offensive Player of the Year. There's, there's some debate. People, there's some people that think Puka Nakua should have won it. And Puka Nakua had a fantastic year. Fantastic year. I take nothing away from what Puka Nakua did, okay? Nothing. For, set records. But what C.J. Stroud did, the winner of the Rookie Offensive Player of the Year, what C.J. Stroud did was phenomenal. And I am one that I can admit when I'm wrong. You've heard me talk about it in multiple episodes. I was wrong about C.J. Stroud going into this year. Right? I didn't think he was, because he was at Houston. New coach, everything. I didn't give C.J. Stroud a chance. I, I thought Bryce Young might have a chance to be a little better, but you see how bad that organization is. But I have no problem with C.J. Stroud winning Offensive Rookie of the Year. None whatsoever. I think he deserves it. I think he should have been up for MVP because you took a terrible Houston team. Terrible. Not only did you make the playoffs, you won a playoff game too. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Will Anderson, the Alabama standout a linebacker, also on the Houston Texans. D'Amico Ryan's that offense doing a great job in the draft, aligning to where they can get the people they wanted. Will Anderson, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Now, again, some more debate. Defensive Player of the Year, Miles Garrett over T.J. Watt. And I don't, I'm looking at some of this, and I don't understand some of the love for the Cleveland Browns they got. Now, Miles Garrett had a phenomenal year. The Browns' defense was really, really good. Really good. But Coach of the Year to Kevin Stefanski from Cleveland? What? There's no way that that should not have been D'Amico Ryan. First-year NFL coach, and you take on, like, like I said about with C.J. Stroud, you take on a terrible team. Houston was not a good football team. And you make it to the playoffs and win a playoff game in your first year. I, I, I thought that was terrible. I thought it was terrible. I think that's probably, the two that I think are the worst was the coach of the year and the comeback player of the year. Comeback player of the year, I mean, yeah, he was sitting on the couch, but he, he played in, what, six games? 
for Joe Flacco to win that award over Baker? And yes, again, hey, I am a Baker guy. I got to know him at Oklahoma. I root for the guy. I, I, I like Baker, and I hope. But the year going into it, everybody knew that this was Baker betting on himself, and he did. You always see the, the meme out there, the Baker Mayfield cycle. Media criticizes him. People doubt him. He goes on, plays a great game, has another good game, you know, and the circle kind of goes on. But he bet on himself to go to Tampa Bay following Tom Brady, okay? You follow Tom Brady. This isn't easy. And you go out there, you establish yourself, make it to the playoffs, win a playoff game as well. You beat the Philadelphia Eagles, the team that was at the Super Bowl last year. But Joe Flacco winning comeback player of the year? No. And that's not just because I'm an Oklahoma fan and a Baker Mayfield fan. I thought that was a terrible, terrible choice. Offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey, man. McCaffrey's so good. He could do so many things in the pass game, in the run game. I think he's, I think he still surprises some people in the NFL with how strong he is, with how fast he is, and, and the things that he can do. Christian McCaffrey is a phenomenal football player. And I have no problem with him winning Offensive Player of the Year. And MVP, Lamar Jackson. One vote away from being a two-time unanimous MVP vote. And, again, that look, Lamar Jackson had a phenomenal year. But, again, I still think when you talk about most valuable player, everyone talked about the players and who was on the Baltimore Ravens and that they were going to be good this year. Nobody thought the Houston Texans were going to be good this year. I think that C.J. Stroud should have had some more attention for the MVP. Just me personally, and again, I was completely wrong about C.J. Stroud at the beginning of the year, but, you know, kudos to Lamar Jackson. Still chasing that ever-elusive Super Bowl. So we'll see what happens. And speaking of the Super Bowl, it's Super Bowl weekend, guys. It is Super Bowl weekend. San Francisco takes on the Kansas City Chiefs. Looking at the line right now, it opened up at two and a half for San Francisco. And it's now down to one and a half for San Francisco. The over under 47 and a half. I like the over. I like the over. I think you think about the last game, it was 31-20. And I think, you know, going into it. I, I would go 47. Yeah, I like 47 and a half the over of that. The money line, um, San Francisco is minus 122, and the Chiefs are plus 102. So if you bet money line play, there you go. Looking as I break down position by position, who has the advantage, okay? Quarterback play. Look, take nothing away from what Brock Purdy has done in the playoffs. And there's a lot of people you could play the what-if game. If he does not get hurt last year, in the playoffs, did the 49ers make the Super Bowl back-to-back years? Have back-to-back Kansas City 49ers Super Bowl? I, I don't know. Brock Purdy has stepped up and has played well in the playoffs. But the big caveat is you're going against Patrick Mahomes. Multiple successful playoff runs, multiple Super Bowl wins, a guy who just knows how to play in January. And you got a guy like Andy Reid on your side. Now, again, I think 
Purdy's played well. I, I'm not going to give Mahomes the the GOAT status yet. But in this matchup, I give the quarterback advantage to Kansas City. Now, I will say this. In the game against Detroit, Brock Purdy surprised me using his feet a little bit more. He's not known for that. We know Patrick Mahomes like to run. And, you know, he's pretty elusive, can get some, some big, big-time pickups. But I give the advantage to Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes. Now, on the running back side, Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year, Isaiah Pacheco. I, I love what Pacheco brings to the table. He is a physical, hard-running running back. Now, the 49ers heading into the playoffs hadn't given up 100 yards in, I think, a year and a half or something, almost two years. They're averaging giving up 159 yards a game in the playoffs rushing. Detroit had success. You know, it's Green Bay had success. If Kansas City gets the ground game going with Pacheco, it could be dangerous for the 49ers. But in that head, when I'm pairing the two, Christian McCaffrey, Isaiah Pacheco, I think what McCaffrey brings to the table as a complete running back, passing game, screen game, you know, he can return. I think Christian McCaffrey, I think he gives the advantage to San Francisco right there. Now, wide receivers. Again, you think about now reports are out there that Rasheed Rice, the second round pick from SMU for the Kansas City Chiefs, is uh, is questionable. I guess there was a little chippiness at practice and he got stepped on. I don't know if it was intentional or not, but Rasheed Rice, Justin Watson, Marquez Valdez, Scantlin, Kadarius Tony. We all know Kadarius Tony's had his ups and downs all year. Then you look at the San Francisco receiving core of Debo Samuel, Brendan Ayuk, Juwan Jennings, Ray Ray McLeod. Again, top to bottom, if I'm given a grade, if I give the advantage, I'm giving it to the San Francisco 49ers. I just think, you know, Ayak, Debo, and, and Ray Ray, even though he's not officially a starter, I think they bring a lot to the table. So I'm giving the advantage to the 49ers. So, so far, Mahomes has the advantage in the quarterback, Kansas City. San Francisco has the advantage in the running back, the wide receivers. Now, tight ends, this is tough for me. And those that know me know that I've known George Kittle for a long time. I did play-by-play while he was in high school. Loved watching that young man grow up to become not only the athlete, but the human being that he's become right now. And it's a tough matchup. But overall, looking at the position group, when you look at everything that tight end, you know, they bring in. Now, I consider use checking that tight end position with with George, and they got Braden Willis, a former Sooner, um, Kansas City's got Blake Bell along with Travis Kelsey. And again, I just I go with Super Bowl performance. You think about a guy in Travis Kelsey who set the record for most receptions in the playoffs, beat Jerry Rice's all-time record, he has the most touchdowns in the playoffs. I, I, it's just it's hard to go against Travis Kelsey and the Chiefs. And I I love George Kittle. I think he is he he's a great tight end a great human being, but looking at this objectively, I give the edge to Travis Kelsey. Now, so now you're tied at 2-2. Kansas City with two, San Francisco with two. Everyone talks about the game has is being won in the trenches, right? Offensive line play. I mean, you think about, um, you know, Kansas City, Creed Humphreys, really talented center. Joe Thury, who might be hurt. He's questionable. You know, Taylor. 
Smith, those guys. I mean, it's a good offensive line. There's a lot of time you see Kansas City scram or the uh, you see the Kansas City quarterback Mahomes scrambling around. Now you look over on that San Francisco offensive line. Man, all I got to say is Trent Williams. Another Oklahoma graduate. <laughs> I'm not trying to make this all about the Oklahoma guys, I promise. But Trent Williams, a.k.a. the Silverback, playing in his first Super Bowl. This is huge for him. He didn't get to play in the 2020 game. He was traded in April of 2020 from the Redskins. I still hate that as a Washington fan. But Trent has been the best offensive lineman, you know, for years. He's strong. When they put him in motion for a slam, oh, my God. And then if you put him and, and George Kittle on the same side to block, that's, woo, you're getting a lot done right there. Offensive line, man, I got to go with the 49ers. I think the 49ers top to bottom have a better offensive line. Now, defensive line, you know, I just talked about, you know, Bosa, Chase Young who comes in every now and then. But, I mean, I just, I, I like, I like what San Francisco brings. I think overall the defensive line goes to the 49ers. Linebackers, Fred Warner. Now, you think about some of the guys that have played, like uh, like Tulim. I think he's played great. Looking at their roster for Kansas City. Tranquil, not Tulian. Tranquil. Tranquil looks really has played great. Nick Bolton. Willie Gay, but again, I'm going with the 49ers. I think the 49ers are what they bring. Fred Warner, you, you got to like the, the 49ers, right? We get their roster pulled up. I thought I had it written down. I apologize. Yeah, you got Owen Burks, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. You know, Greenlaw plays really well. D. Winters is a backup. Armstead, Hargrave, Bosa, Chase Young, Robert Beal, those guys. I give that advantage. Now, defensive backs, this is where it gets interesting. Again, I think the defensive backfield for the Chiefs is a lot better. I think they play real, which that's going to be an interesting matchup to see how can San Francisco get the air game going. Special teams, look, Kansas City, Butker, those guys, they're, they're great. So DBs. For the Chiefs, special teams for the Chiefs. That brings it at five to five. Five for each side. Then I had to go with the intangibles. The fact that a lot of players on this Kansas City Chiefs team has been here and they've won it. And that experience means a lot when it comes to championship experience and championship play. I got to go with the 49ers. I mean, the uh, the Chiefs. So I give a slight edge to the Chiefs. And like I said last week, going into the playoff games, the, the conference championships, or two weeks ago, excuse me, until somebody beats them, I can't go against Kansas City. I would take the money line, bet on Kansas City. I would take the over, and I would take the spread. I would take Kansas City getting points. Thanks, yeah, give them to me. I think it's going to be a great game. I can't wait for Usher. My wife, I already told her, I was like, get ready. 
I'm going to be dancing in the living room. Usher's going to kill it. I'm looking forward to the Usher halftime show. Big time. Also, what I'm looking forward to... The food. And now my... Give him a six or six picks. Best Super Bowl food. Peyton Gavers looking for a pass down the far side. Caught touchdown! Corbin Cleveland! Give him a sixer! Yeah, Super Bowl time, a lot of fun. Always good food. People talk about the food they bring in. What are you going to have? More wings and pizza eaten by everybody every year. And I put a list together of what my top six are. Again, feel free. Interact with me on social media. If you think I'm wrong, let me know. Interact on this video. Interact on Twitter, TikTok, all those. Let me know if you think I'm wrong or what's your top six Super Bowl foods. Number six, charcuterie, man. You can't beat charcuterie. Meats, cheeses, mustards, pickles, fruits, crackers. I love it. I love charcuterie. Five, I'm not a huge wings guy. I like wings, but I'm not a huge wings guy. I know they talk about how many wings. And I'm going to tell you, I quit going to places like Buffalo Wild Wings and stuff like that because it costs too much damn money to eat at Buffalo Wild Wings. Public wings, really damn good and a lot cheaper. But I got wings at five. I know a lot of poles will have wings higher. That's just me. Number four, pizza. Classic pizza, man. You know, now the popular thing is going with like this hot honey pizza. Me and my wife made one uh, a couple weeks ago. Made a deep dish at home. A hot honey pepperoni pizza. Put a fresh basil on it. Nice thick crust. Oh, yeah. That was real good. Number three. I've talked about it before. I'm a guy who can have sandwiches almost every day. Either get, you know, a custom-made deli, big six-foot sub, have sandwich fixings. I don't, I don't care. I'm all about it. All about that. Number two, queso and chips. You got to have the queso. Now, there's a lot of people cooking in the crock pot. There's people out smoking it now. Different variations. Spicier, not so spicy. More meat, more cheese, whatever. Queso and chips. Hands down, one of my favorites of all big-time sporting event foods to have at the house. And number one for me, I put stadium food, i.e. making burger station, hot dog station, stuff like that. I think just classic game day cuisine. I don't think you have to go all out for a Super Bowl party and have foie gras or whatever have you. I think just focus on simple ingredients done really well it's like a lot of good restaurants you hear them talk about simple ingredients good ingredients done really well you know make a juicy lucy burger if you haven't had a juicy lucy you need to look it up i might have to put a uh, a video up at the juicy lucy's but that's my my give them a sixer pick six for top super bowl food number six charcuterie five wings and i'm a i like spice i like spice I'm not a, you know, atomic. I'm not one of those that's going to eat the 
the buffalo wing challenge to where your whole face melts off. I'm, I'm no. I like parm garlic. I like the Asian zing, spicy barbecue, stuff like that. You know, a nice that combination sweet heat. I like I, I like that. Pizza number four, number three, sandwiches, number two, queso and chips. And number one, just standard game day food. Hot dogs, hamburgers. To go along with the chips and queso. I think if you have that, it's good because you can dip the burger in the queso. It's good. I'll tell you what we're making. And it's funny, Costco has this box of mini tacos. There's like 80 in a box. They're like little mini chicken tacos. Really good. Put them in the oven, bake them. Amazing. I'm making homemade pretzel bites with a beer cheese sauce. We're going to have dessert pretzels, um, kind of like churros. Have a, uh, a chocolate ganache to dip them in with a little bit of cinnamon sugar on them. Have some dessert. So we'll be good. We'll probably have a, char a little bit of charcuterie as well and an adult beverage. I might crack into, uh, I'll tell you, my bourbon. Man, Penelope Architect. Good bourbon. Love it. But if you haven't tried a weeded bourbon, give a weeded bourbon a shot. They're actually pretty good. But that's my give them a six or pick six top football foods for the Super Bowl. Guys, it's Super Bowl Sunday. Enjoy the commercials. I'm hearing uh, we're going to get a Deadpool trailer. Bring it. Can't wait to see a Deadpool trailer. Just the commercials. We'll talk. We'll rank the commercials. That'll be my pick six next week. My top six commercials for the Super Bowl. What I think. You know, the Clydesdale horses are always going to be there. I'm sure they're going to have another one. Um, I still remember the Volkswagen kid doing the Darth Vader. That was a that was a great ad. Great ad. So, you know, um, office linebacker, stuff like that. But I hope you enjoy your time. If you're if you're just staying at home by yourself, enjoy the game. If you're going to a party, enjoy the game. If you're going to an establishment to watch the game. Enjoy the camaraderie, the game, all that, man. Enjoy your food. Have some good bites, and we'll talk about it next week. I appreciate you guys taking the time to listen to my opinions. Listen to this show. Be a part of the show. And again, down here on the bottom, if you're on YouTube, follow at Twitter, at SportsBitesPod1. On TikTok, at SportsBitesPod. Subscribe on YouTube, at SportsBitesPodcast. And follow on Instagram at Sports Bites Podcast. I thank you guys. I got some more guests lined up. Chad McKee is supposed to be coming on soon. I'm gonna get Chris Plank on to start of the college softball season. Start in Oklahoma, up to the same old things. Freshman hitting grand slams, thirteen nothing shutout. Then they beat a top ten team in Duke, three nothing, with Kelly Maxwell coming into pitch, All American. She transferred from Oklahoma State. That doesn't sit well with him. Softball season, one of my favorite parts. College baseball starts next week. I'm trying to get um, uh, Kendall Rogers on from D1 Baseball. We're going to talk a little bit about the, the college season, who's the favorite, what he thinks about the SEC, how it, you know moving forward with Oklahoma and Texas going to be in it. A lot of good stuff. But remember, thank you. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the weekend. But remember to always positively move forward, guys. Have a good day. on this delicious journey through the world of sports and food on Sports Bites, sports Bites. with your host, Chris Joseph. We hope you've enjoyed the game day stories and culinary adventures. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've got any mouth
mouth-watering, sports-related tales, or favorite game day recipes, share them with us on social media. Until next time, remember, it's not just about the game. It's about the bites that make it unforgettable. Stay hungry for more Sports Bites.